0: How you doing, brother? Good. good. Uh, it's so good to have you here um, today. And we're going to do a kind of like a. Um, I'm going to be like a reporter, and we're going to do like an interview <laughs> style here. So just picture me as a bald, shorter heavier version of Rob Fukuzaki, okay, and that's me, and so I'll be <laughs> interviewing Jason, but, you know, Jason, it's wonderful to have you here, and, um, you know, a lot of our people, um, you know, a good portion are new to the PCJC in Mission Valley, so why don't you um, tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe your background, your family, where, you know, where you've worked? Absolutely. First of all, it's great to be
1: here. And I feel like I'm getting ready to, to, to roll out my sleeping bag because I've been here for a lot, you know for a couple of weeks now. Um, but what a, what a ton of excitement in this place! See what God's doing in and through you. And and I you know I'll share a little bit about myself. But you know, you realize you have amazing leaders in this church. You know I, I think about people like Chet, who uh, he doesn't know it, but he actually influences way more than this church just by what he's doing here. And people like Co. Uh, which I didn't know he wasn't married until three weeks ago. And then he, and I keep on trying to set him up because I've got a girlfriend. I've got to Leave, leave me alone. Leave me alone. And, and, of course, Kiki, who is like a hero, you know, uh, go, and just all, everything she's pulled off this last weekend is just absolutely amazing. Um, and, of course, you know, Mako, he, you know, he, one of these days he will follow the star like all wise people do, the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> But you know what, we'll keep on praying for him. <laughs> but what has been an absolute joy is be able to work with Dave, Pastor Dave, and so I see him all the time, and he is the one who, he always asks great questions, he's always the one that is thinking about other people, and he is a great pastor, and it's been so fun, because not only, he, he's, I feel like, I mean, he, he, we almost look alike, you know I mean? You know, I mean, he doesn't have this yet, he doesn't have this yet, but he's like my, he's like my brother from an Asian mother, you know, the but but what I love about him is is that he is hungry to learn, and leaders are learners. And the minute we quit, we, the minute we quit learning and have that capacity to learn, um, that that's usually when we we impose this leadership lid on ourselves. And, and so it's been a lot of fun, and I could probably go on and name other people, you know, in, in this congregation, but you, I mean, I look at it, and I love it. I love seeing you, and thank you so much for being involved in our lives and in the conference life, too. So, anyways, uh, you asked a question. I'm going to try to get back to it. It's uh, who, who I am. You know, I I grew up in an interesting family. My dad was an Air Force pilot, and he worked for the State Department, so we moved a lot. And my dad was also a culture freak. And so everywhere we went, we had a lesson on whatever culture we were there. So if we traveled overseas, or, you know, he never went the same way across the United States twice, so we, you know, I learned all of the Canadian provinces, if I liked it or not, and then every time we would stop in the city, he'd, he'd give us a history lesson about who founded the, you know, the community, uh, and that really helped change my life. Uh, ultimately, he worked for the State Department, and so he always had a broader world view. In fact, he was, fu- he was full-blooded Mexican, one of the very first Mexican air, um, air fighters, uh, jet air fighters, you know, in the, in the United States Air Force, and he, um, he flew some great jets you know, F-111s, and even flew some B-52s, uh, which is more of a bomber. Um, but he taught us how to to reach across the cultural lines right from the very, very beginning. And so he gave us a phenomenal worldview. Now, the reason why I say that is because that's how I grew up. I grew up in a multicultural world, and, and it's always been on my heart to, 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 to see different cultures and learn. So um, I became a Christian when I was uh, at Young Life. Have you ever heard of Young Life before? And, and I didn't know a lot about the, the Lord um, but, except for I thought I would pass this, this, this prayer study on a campus and I just thought they were geeks. You know, I just thought, well, what are they doing? Oh, that's the Christian group over there. And I thought, well, man, that, you know. Ugh. Yeah, uh, and, and that was my the whole view of Christianity because my dad's view of Christianity was this. It's a crutch. You know, uh, and so don't fall back onto that. It's the last thing you need to do. Um, Little did I know that they would ask me to a camp, and I would go to a young life camp. And a young life is ministers ministers to campus students on secular uh, high school campuses. And so, anyways, long story short, I go to a camp and I get I become a Christian. And then I go home, and uh, my mother was like, ah, my dad was like, what are you doing? Um, long story short, I ended up going to a Christian college. And when my dad found out I was going to a Christian college, he says, I'll never support you. And, uh, and then I got just radically called into ministry, and he says, what are you doing? You're going to be poor your whole life. You know, what are you doing? You're throwing away your brain, you know. And, and, and so as time has gone on, eventually my dad became a Christian. And and actually, he actually apologized to me for for just pretty much just disowning that decision. So long. So what I didn't know was what God was going to do in the ministry. And um, so I've served in churches. I didn't know any better, but I started as a youth pastor in North Hollywood, right down you know right down the block. It was it was a church that was going through some culture changes, and I and God gave me a dream to reach all the high school campuses. And so we st- we st- we had a, like a strategy. How are we going to reach all the high school uh, around our our church, or that represented the students who went to our church? And um, long long short of the story is is that our, our that youth group exploded into several hundred students. And, and that was kind of like the beginning of a big blur of ministry, because I'd like to say I knew what I did, but I didn't, you know, it was the Holy Spirit just kind of, he just took a real naive heart, and he, he just used the seeds of that. And so from there, I pastored some churches, I planted a few churches, and God just grew them and Dave knows my story he grew them and uh, one of them we started with 12 people and it grew to almost 2,000 people and, and, and that was that was the uh, uh, and again I could say they, then they started inviting me to speak at conferences and I would say, I don't, I don't know what I did. You know, all I did was the Great Commission. That's, that's the only thing that I did. And, and, I, and it's funny how Christians, they start, they start, you know, they want to be led by somebody who, who has what they consider kind of some kind of numerical. But it was never about that. It was all about impacting a community for Jesus Christ, and seeing it. So anyway, long story short, that led to working with a few great leaders, you know, um, one, one guy named Chip Ingram and Andy Stanley and another guy Rick Warren. Junko knows Rick Warren. She's part of the Saddleback family who I was on staff at. Um, and so, uh, long story short, that led me to. Um, there are a couple of bishops who called me up one day and they said, Hey, Jason, would you be interested at all in being our strategist for a denomination called a free Methodist? Except for they use the word free meth. So, so I'm thinking. <laughs> I might be interested. No, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't say that. I, I said, you know, what was that? Uh, and, and I'll talk about that, that a little bit later on, you know, about how I actually uh, became the superintendent of this church. But I'm married, happily married, to this beautiful woman right here. And I know some of you, you can see my family up there. And I know you're probably thinking right now, like that Sesame Street type, type of comparative. You know, if you've ever seen Sesame Street, they say, okay, now, which one doesn't belong, you know? Well, I mean, you know, you probably can guess which one doesn't belong. Uh, um, but uh, three kids, they, they pray for every one of our churches all the time. They love Jesus. They're millennials. And so they ask lots of questions, and they say, bah, to most of the answers. You know, uh... But they love God, and over the years, I've seen them grow in a significant amount of wisdom. And um, they're they're kind of like my, they're, they're almost like my accountability group. They're my secondary accountability group, you know, and uh, I can't get away with anything, you know, with, with them. But no, actually, it, it, um, so what has happened in the last 59 years, I just turned 59 years old, it's a big blur But all of it has led to a more, I would say, sincere, authentic, and even more uh, passionate love for Jesus Christ. And it's interesting. I've seen a lot of things. But uh, I'm more convinced now and more passionate about sharing the, 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 you know, the gospel of Jesus than at any other time in my entire life. And so, I mean, if, if old wine gets good, you know I mean, the older it gets, and I know that none of you drink that stuff because it's... But, but uh, you know, being in Christ and seeing all that he's done, you know, it just makes me w- want to take even bigger steps of faith. And, but uh, anyways, that's a little bit about...
0: My, I think I answered that question. Yeah, thank you. Another thing we have in common, we both married up. So that was kind of cool. Amen to that. Amen. You guys understand that? No. Okay. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, you mentioned uh, that you worked with Rick Warren and Andy Stanley, and Andy Stanley is probably one of my favorite pastors to listen to. I love reading his books. But you know, you worked with Rick Warren. You worked with. Andy Stanley. And if you take a look at the PCJC churches, if you combine all of us together, just Andy Stanley's church is probably about, I don't know, 10 times our size. So, you know, after working in such large churches, you know, what made you decide to become the superintendent of the PCJC?
1: (laughs) That's such a great question. Uh, um, Well, first of all, um, most of the churches that I've pastored started small. You know, uh, um, and so they were never large churches. You know, uh, they, they just started, you know, one was 12, uh, um, another one was 29, you know, people that we inherited. One was 70, who average age was 70, with 70 parking spots, you know, uh, uh, with a vision to reach young people. You know, and um, but so all of that, you know, uh, and I I really can't tell you how I ended up, you know, working with some of these brothers and sisters, which is a lot of amazing sisters. Kay Warren is one of them. Um, But um, but with that, I have I have never seen um, I I never see small, large. I see impact. And um, that's how I've always seen ministry. It's so it's never about large mega churches or small churches. It's, to me, it's about how do you impact your community and beyond. And so that's always been my heart. And so, um, so several years ago, what, five years ago, uh, um, I got a call from the bishop of the Free Methodist uh, uh, um, denomination, and I've already shared with you that I never, I didn't even know what the Free Methodist Church was. I didn't know it even existed, and and so he, and he said, "Hey, would you be interested and in, in being our strategist to help uh, grow our, our 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 denomination?" And and so um, I I uh, I said, "Well, you know, who are you?" And that's when he said, "Free, we're Free Math," you know, and uh, and I said, "Okay, well, how can I sign on?" No, I did, but. Uh-huh. But I asked him a significant amount of questions, and, um, and he just said, look, we are a 150-year-old denomination, and we're a little bit provincial, and we've become subjective, and we, we just want somebody can on the outside, he had heard me speak at some conference, can come in and, and to help. And... and um, and I said, well, I, you know, let's pray about it. And so Christy and I prayed about it. But what was the most, to answer your question specifically, I was reading this article about, you know, it, it was called The Asian Invasion of the United States. And it talked about, and it was written by a secular person in a European magazine. Uh, and, it, and it talked about how many Asians were immigrating to the United States, that it was just it was this, 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 this much behind the Latino immigration to the United States, and, um, and the opportunity. But it actually broke down the sociological dynamics that were going on and how you know, uh, the Asian community assimilates in, into Western you know, uh, countries uh, better than a- anybody outside of a fellow European. And so I'm reading this. I'm th- this is really interesting. And then, in the article, they talked about this was the, because it was a secular article talked about the opportunity to be able to build bridges to this community you know in western countries and One of them was the fact that a, lot, a lot of the Asian community that that, that moves in feel isolated they 're all alone. And and they're you know they're they're asking the big questions on how do I fit? Can I make a difference? And and that a wise community um, would would reach out and, and and would leverage that kind of opportunity to be able to uh, um, to do everything. But in it, it's, it talks about including sharing the religious practices. Now they didn't say the gospel, you know, because it was a secular. And it really hit me. I thought, is that many people, and you look at it demographically, the millions uh, of immigrants that are coming to the United States um, that, that are Asian, that are they're in our communities, they're po- just waiting for somebody to, to, to either notice them, and, they, and they've become very insular. And the longer they're here, they become more insular. And so, and, and so that just hit me. And, I, and that night, I remember talking to my wife. I said, can you imagine if we actually had a plan you know what I mean? And we welcomed, and, and, and we were intentional, and that we demonstrated, you know, love. Like, like what you're doing when I, when I saw that board, I love that. But if we were intentional, we would meet. Uh, and then the article went on, and it talked about something that was so interesting. It says, the special dispensation of Asian Americans. And so, you know, I I read that, and here's what they said. They said that on college campuses that the, the single most powerful Christian force on our universities are from Asian Christians. There's a, and, and so it, it, it literally defined, you know, uh, um, how Asian Americans are making a difference on our college campuses that, as you well know, ha, you know, the, the, they're definitely not thinking about Jesus, you know. And, and if anything, they, they have an anti-Christian bent. But so this whole article went down there, and it just talked about what an opportunity of a, a, of a lifetime. And so as I started reading this, and this is before I even knew about the PCJC, I just thought. Well, what can we do? But God just hit my heart. And, and it, it was very emotional for me. And I thought, you know, so, so God, what, do, what am I going to do about it? Well, it was just a few days later that I received that call from the bishop. And, and so I wrote the strategy. They put it in free Methodist garb, if you will, language. And then after I was done, I told them I wasn't interested in being a denominational leader. And so because they wanted me to stay on to be a, um, a, a denominational leader, the, the strategist for the whole um, denomination, I said, I don't think that's it. For me, my heart is really the local church, and it always will be the local church. And so then they said, well, why don't you become a superintendent? Now, if you, And I said, a what? The only time I ever heard that word superintendent was like of a school? You know, I mean, but I didn't know, I didn't understand. They said, no, no, you would actually be leading a network of churches, and so, uh, so they'd listed four or five churches, and I, you know, just I, I, didn't hit my heart. And they said, well, there is one church, and it's in your neighborhood. I live in San Clemente, California. And I said, well, which, which one's that? And they said, this, it's the Pacific Coast Japanese Conference. Uh, and I said, well, Garcia? <laughs> Well, how does that fit, you know? And they said, "Well, don't worry. They have a Galton, you know, there right now." You know, uh, and and so I I was intrigued because when they said that, my my heart just went. Start pounding, and I thought, uh, I've never been conventional in how I've sought God. I'm the least political person on uh, on the planet. Um, I, we didn't. We have a large enough network that it wasn't like we were looking for a job, and so this thing just kind of leapt out at us. and And I said, "Well, uh, tell me about that." And so they told me about it. And he, and here's what they said. Because I think this is important. They said, it, it's a." It's a conference of churches. They told me about the history of the churches. But for 35 years, it flatlined for when it came to this growth. And, the, and then for the last 15 years, this is before, it had literally, it had started declining to the point to where they are processing if it could afford its own conference leadership, which meant that, that the conference, when that happens, is, is, is that they merge conferences into other conferences. And, 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 and I don't know what, when they said that... You know, and, I, and I don't know, you know, all of you. I know, I know a lot of you. But there is this little thing in my heart. It's kind of like what Mako feels, man, when, when the Seahawks are about ready to score. And that, that's, you know, before they throw the interception on the two-yard line, you know. <laughs> but, but, but your heart starts pounding. And my heart starts pounding. And, I, and, and this is no kidding. I said, that, that's not going to happen and And so um, so then you know I, he said, "Well, he called me up after i said i 'll pray through it and then I just felt like man i, I don 't know, but i 'm willing to talk, so all that to say. They had a great conversation with the bishop. And then I said, put me through a process. Make it hard. And if I do anything like that, I just need you need to know. I mean, here's the thing you need to know. Number one, my heart is going to be for the pastors, you know, to coach them, to put my arm around them, you know, to, to be a resource to them. Um, uh, number two, you know, to do what? To reach their community and beyond. Um, number two, that that we would have Asian leaders but ultimately, by the time I'm done, Asians will lead this—not Garcia and colton. you know. Uh, not, not that there's anything wrong with good old hockey jeans, you know what I mean? You know, <laughs> but 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 there is a sense. I really felt it in my spirit that we need to raise up Asian leaders to, to lead. And then the third thing was is that I never ever want to hear the talk of merging um, uh, on the only ethnic conference, Network of Churches, in the entire Free Methodist Church USA. I never, ever want to hear you ever talk about merging or enfolding this conference that should be standalone into another conference. And I don't know why I said that, because sometimes that works. It hasn't worked with ethnic groups, though, you know? And so, I I, and it was just like, it, it really struck at my heart. And so, a big part of why I felt called here was because of the fact that the Lord just spoke directly to me and said, Says, you know, uh, um, you're gonna this huge mission field that's out there, and I know, Dave, you've talked to me about it, about how this how things are changing, I and mean, even this community is becoming increasingly more Chinese than than, than anything. and that's it, it's going on all over the place, and, and um, so we have such a great opportunity, but it started with that article, and then this call came, and then then you know, Lord, the Lord really specifically told me, man, you need to go there, make sure that it's, it never gets unfolded in, not, not on a competition level, because I believe God is going to use this conference to do amazing things. I feel that way after I'm gone. Um, and so I said, I'll do it for four years, and then what, uh, but my, my goal is is to have uh, um, uh, leadership that's Asian lead it. Well, the, number, the first guy who came up to me and he said, four years? What are you going to do in four years was this guy, you know? And, uh, he, and he said, he goes, why, he goes, why are you limiting it? You know, we have a long way to go. And... And, and so, you know, with all that being said, those three things, how can we resource pastors, reach their community and beyond, Asian churches, and, and by the way, the PCJC, even though it started in a Japanese context, there are as many Chinese in our church as there are Japanese in our church, um, and one of the most amazing things happening in the PCJC, too, is what's happening in our Nichigo churches, huge commitment to our Nichigo churches, and, and I'll tell you about that later on, but, um, and which will always be an emphasis uh, uh, as long as I'm here, you know, it's a key, key dynamic. But, um, and again, so it's to resource pastors to reach their community beyond, a self-sustaining conference. And the last thing is, is, is to develop leaders that can lead um, this conference who are Asian. And so those, those are things that have been very much in my heart. And so the answer to your question is God literally just woke us up out of, the, out of, our, out of our slumber and said, do that and i got to tell you, there are very few friends who understand you know, um, but they do now when they start seeing what what 's going on in churches like mission valley and it 's very, very exciting so anyway, that was a long answer
0: <laughs> well thanks Jason and I, I think you it was important that you said you know this PCJC started off as a uh, conference or some churches reaching out to the uh, japanese Americans, but as we 've evolved over. Uh, time. I'm so glad you are talking about your multicultural background because that's really what we want to do as a conference—to be more multicultural and to reflect the communities around our churches. So thank you so much for saying that. But as I was saying before, we do have people that are new to you know this church and new to the conference. So can you share a bit of, uh, about what's our relationship as Mission Valley um, to the conference and vice versa, and maybe your your vision? for um, sure. the conference. Absolutely. Well, you know, uh, um, for, the,
1: for the full vision, you know, you can invite me like five services in a row, okay? And you'll hear nothing but, no, I'm teasing. Um, one of the things that I think is important for you if you're new, or maybe if you've been a part of this conference and, and, and nobody's ever kind of drawn it out, how we're all connected, but we have about 24 churches. That are connected to this network of churches. So, if you don't know this, there are 24 other sister churches that are part. Who know who you are? Who pray for you? And that have very similar values. They're Free Methodist in in uh, and they're in their if you will their origin or their doctrine. Uh, But there's 24 different pastors that have completely different gifts. And it's one of the most fun things that you've ever seen. Is people have different gifts with the same values. Who reach their communities in a real contextual way? It's, it's it is it's incredible. So you're a part of a family, uh, um, uh, a, conf- a conference of other churches that are similar, you know, to to your to your church. They, they don't have as good looking of a, of a pastor as you you do. And did I tell you that we look a lot alike? You know. Uh, but, but uh, And then beyond that, there is in the United States, you know, uh, you're also connected to about uh, almost 2,000 other churches that are free Methodist churches in, in the United States and in, in North America o- overall. And they know this is the only ethnic conference in the entire North American continent which to me, uh, you, know, uh, you know, I'm a little bit, of, I'm half Italian, half Mexican, so I, I, I get emotionally easy, and every once in a while I'll probably get angry too. But that bothers me, you know, it, re- it really does, because our, our culture's changing so dramatically, and, and how can this be the only one, you know, but that's another story. Uh, um, th- so, so with that, um, you have a couple thousand churches that know you're here, and our wa- watch and pray that this conference is a healthy conference. Um, and um, and believe me, uh, when I share what God has done, it, it's been really surprising, I think, to all of us. But so there. And then beyond that, there's another fifteen thousand churches, you know, worldwide that are Free Methodist churches. And so and so, this is a huge network, and that allows us, you know, to be able to to gain resources connect network-wise, you know, to reach the world for Jesus. And it's, so, it's, it's, so you, it's a wonderful movement. Um, and, and, and in regards to our vision, our vision is really, it's, it's pretty simple. Um, it is how can we resource pastors and lay leaders to reach their community and beyond? And, and that's the bottom line. So we have right now we have five objectives in, in our in our conference, um, and one of them is is how can we raise up leaders in our conference to plant churches, you know? Um, so we can have so we can broaden you know, the number of churches that we have. And, and and so there are some there are some lay people who've approached us that said, you know what, I, I'm either a VP or I'm a teacher or you know, uh, and, and God has been teaching telling me how can I be uh, uh, how can I become a part of a church plan to either lead as a lay person or, or to actually start a church plan. And, and it's, been, it's been phenomenal seeing what God is doing inside our conference, so we, so we can add more churches. The, the bishop said, look, you know, if, if you're serious about, uh, about doing everything that you've said that you want to do, we are now going to make the PCJC the only conference that doesn't have borders. And so what does that mean? That means that we can plant a church anywhere in the United States that we want to plant. You know, if they're a PC, we're the only conference that all, that's allowed, uh, and, and that blew my mind. But it was basically because uh, uh, the, our heart for planting churches. But but you can plant churches, but really our heart is how do we recalibrate existing churches, and what does that mean? That means you know a lot of churches, you know they they've been around a long time, but they're maybe stuck. They don't reach young people anymore. Or, or maybe, you know, the, there's, there's not enough leaders coming up. Or, or, or maybe financially they're in trouble. Or, or I can go through all the list of things that, that makes a church stuck. What can we do as a conference to get them unstuck? So what can we do to go in, look at the church, look at the infrastructure church, look at the strategy of the church, and help resource the pastor, the lay leaders, to be able to gain that kind of momentum that somebody had when they dreamed about starting a church like this and to reach as many people as we can for Jesus Christ. And so a big part of what we do is we go in and we help pastors develop strategies, but we also help lay, lay persons who are in charge of, uh, of children's ministries, youth uh, student ministries, uh, small groups, you name it uh, worship ministries, and we try to go in and uh, to help them understand what what they can do to to learn um, um, how to align their gift and their calling to to, to, meet, to not only meet the needs of a church but to reach as many people as possible and so huge part to recalibrate existing churches one it, the third thing is the develop leaders. Um, and how do we create a leadership pipeline uh, with our pastors, with our lay people, and then with our young people, you know, where we're developing leaders for the future? And, and, um, and, and Personally, I think one of the most important things we can do is really start looking at who's going to be the next superintendent. How do you develop a whole, if you will, a pathway to be able to identify, you know, who the, who the next one's going to be? You know, uh, and, and then how do you build a board? You know, how do you resource a board and, you know, in a local church? And how, how do you multiply yourself in a church so the pastor's not doing all the work? Um, and those are that's very very important to us the whole leadership development, you know, component. Another one, and I think you can all relate to this because Kiki is a huge part of this. And where is she, by the way? You know, she oh okay, oh, she's in, probably taking care of kids. I thought she was just, like, still in bed recovering, you know, from all that time with, with kids. But she's one of our key leaders in our conference for another objective, and that is is to begin to reach that next generation. And, uh, and I, I have to tell you, this is so key, because in a lot of our churches, we have, they're getting older, and there isn't a younger demographic coming up. And so, and so you know what happens, you know, when churches, you know, when all the saints, you know, get to heaven, there's nobody filling those seats anymore, or nobody who is taking that vision that everybody was passionate about when a church like this was launched 100 years ago. 100 years! Wow! You know, uh, um, and, and you think about that as is, is just the need and, and how our culture has shifted so dramatically, you know, um, in such challenging ways to reach that demographic. What are we doing as a conference to help prepare and, and, and to reach that demographic, if you will, so we have a future? And and I and like Dan, there's good news to all of this. Uh, the last thing is connecting churches to networks that aren't necessarily Free Methodist. We're a kingdom. We're a king. We're, this is a kingdom church. If, if there's one thing that I know about Mako and about Pastor Dave, is that they, they know what's going on outside the Free Methodist. They're, they're they're reading every time I every time I talk to Chet and Dave, they're reading a new book. You know, uh, 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 and, and it's iron sharpening iron about how what other movements are doing to reach their communities and beyond. And so uh, we're trying to connect our churches to all kinds of if it's Saddleback or, you know, if it's if it's New Hope or whatever. There's so many great movements that are out there and to be, become a part not just of our insular denomination, but of the greater body, and what is God doing there? And, and that, it's been so exciting, and so those dynamics are those objectives, which is church planting, recalibrating churches, developing leaders, uh, um, ensuring the fact there is a next gen, and then connecting to, to other networks, all of it is to help the church reach their community and beyond. And, and, and to teach them how to love their congregation and develop this leadership pipeline to where you have this rich reservoir of leaders coming uh, so the pastor doesn't have to do it by himself. Operating in their gifts... And, and 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 exploring just the, how the power of the Holy Spirit can, can use you um, uh, to do amazing things. Every church that I've ever been a part of, it's been it's been the, the key part has been the layperson that understands that they are a part of this story, you know, um, the gospel story, and that you're the one that's going to make the biggest impact. It takes a wise pastor to release that too, the to train and to release that to the laypeople. But once that happens, revival happens, and that's what's going on in this church. When I was here that 100-year anniversary, uh, um, I I mean, I was so blessed by it. Because God's working in this church, and he's using the leaders in you. And believe me, uh, you know, if you know me, I've already said I'm the least political guy in the world. I wouldn't have used that statement. I would have said something like, you all look really good, you know, and, 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 and I would have left it at that. But, but it's, it's far beyond that. There's a spark here, and you sense it, and God's going to do a work in and through you. Amen? Amen.
0: Amen. Yeah. Thank you so much, um, Jason. And, you know, part of what Jason said is he wants to resource us. And, um, you know, because of his connections, we have world class speakers and teachers that come and instruct us. So, whether it's family camp or the recalibrate um, conferences that he's putting on, that we've, or even our general leadership um, conference, you know, he's opened it up to, all of us. And so I hope that we all take advantage of that because the, the people that he's getting are just, like I said, world class. But, you know, Jason, you know, since you've been with this conference, um, what are some of the exciting things that you see going on um, within the uh, PCJC since you've been here? And maybe some, a few areas of where, where you think maybe we uh, could use some growth.
1: No, thank you. Um, well, first of all, um, when when we when we signed up for this, um our heart um, was God use us um, in a way that is not going to be connected to needing a job or wanting a job. that was never you know so we're because God's always taking care of us and and so um, we started just, I think the first thing that started happening is we started praying for our pastors and, and that God would just release them, that they would have the courage to do His will. And um, and that they wouldn't try to meet expectations, they would you know uh, of of a congregation, but they would meet God's expectations, and that would meet the expectations of the congregation. And so and that's beginning to happen. And so I just I just received this news from from the the, the headquarters It's site like Maxwell Smart those headquarters, you know, uh, and, and they just um, and they just told us about just our Sunday morning worship. And, um, and I was I was shocked, but but in, in the last four years, um, the uh, this conference um, has had almost thirty percent growth on Sunday morning, you know, um, and and that's for a couple different reasons. One is we're planting new churches, uh, um, and and secondly, churches that are already there are reaching people, you know, in their communities, and and you're inviting your friends you know, into the community, uh, into this community. And, and, and so, uh, so then it went on and it said, this is, the, this is the Board of Bishops. And then they said that the PCJC is now the fastest growing Sunday morning conference in the entire Free Methodist USA. Now, now, if you would have told me that that was going to happen, I mean, I would like to tell you that I had the faith. But, and it wasn't because of the PCJC, but, but it's because, uh, because I had any doubts But when you see that in front of you, it's shocking, you know. Um, And so... Um, so I mean, it's because we have phenomenal pastors and we have lay people who understand the mission and their part. It's huge, and, th- and then I found out this is the first year that we actually move the dial when it comes to church finances. That people are actually giving, you know, to their churches, and and if you've ever, and Dave knows this, Pastor Dave knows this. When you're in a church and it starts growing, it doesn't necessarily mean the finances grow. Because a lot of people, they just want to check it out. They want to become a part of something before they actually say, okay, I'm going to trust God with my tithes. Some of them don't even know what a tithe is. You know? uh, and so, and you have, we have to be sensitive to all of those things you know, to, to allow people to understand what God's Word says. Um, but this is the f- first year where, where we actually have seen where the, the finances of our conference has, has increased. And... and um, and it, it, that was, that was a, a, one of those other miracles. Now, I, I didn't know any of this stuff because what happens is the churches send all their information to the headquarters um, and then they send it to us. Uh, but those are small things. What's really happening in our churches is that we're seeing uh, um, a phenomenon that I think is just amazing. And that is, is that churches are, are equipping, they're doing Ephesians 4, you know, which is pastors are equipping the saints to do the work of ministry. And so, what's happening is that you're seeing churches that used to have this many leaders now they have this many leaders, and and then exponentially, what's happening is, is that those leaders and I'm, they're all lay people who who have connections to their community and they're serving in a way that they're they're we're be, beginning to see revival literally take place uh, um, because uh, that's God's pattern, by the way. And God is you don't pay a pastor to pray. You know, the pastor is there to equip the saints to do the works of ministry, and so he and and seeing that that the pastors doing and that lay people. Let let me stop here to talk about the lay people of the PCJC. First of all, I have never seen the kind of potential in any lay group that I've ever been in, and I've seen a lot of 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 lay groups before in my in, in churches, and uh, I do a, a significant amount of consulting, not just not just uh, denominations, but also local churches, and and in the PCJC, it is it is amazing to see who, who comes to our who who comes to our churches and, and i 'm thinking, man, if we can just ignite one tenth of of who we have there i mean we're, I mean there's going to be jet fuel. You know what I mean? To, you know, to, to, to see the Great Commission lived out right in front of us. But that, it's happening way beyond that. And, and so we're seeing the, those types of, we're seeing leaders know what their gifts are. And we're seeing them operate in their gifts. And we're seeing them reach at their communities. And, and I got to tell you, beyond the numbers, you know, that that's secondary. But when you see somebody who finally is plugged into the purpose of why they've existed, and they're able to leverage all of their work experience, education, life, Life experience and they connect to the purpose of why they're here on earth and they align with their gifts and they start doing the gospel instead of hearing the gospel, that's exciting. You know, and that is what's beginning to take place at the PCJC. And, and I, and I got to tell you, you know, and I, you already know I'm half Italian, ex- I get excited about that kind of stuff. I'm passionate about that stuff. And, but it isn't just talk. It's happening, you know, and, and it's so incredibly exciting. Another thing that I'm seeing is churches beginning to look outside their own walls. I mean, the fact that Mako went and, and, started, uh, um, and started, you know, th- he had this opportunity to go to Japan, and here he is standing right by the bishop of the Free. Methodist Church in Japan. And he did all of that on his own because of a burden. You know that he has, and that particular relationship with with the Japanese Free Methodist Church, it's growing, and they're asking us send leaders there, send leaders there. You did it on your own because you're a missions church, and, and but it's that missions co- component, seeing outside of of your own four walls, uh, and the kind of uh, huge testimonies of a life change that are going on because of PCJC churches. I mean, I gotta tell you, now, now what are some things that we probably need. To do a little bit more of is that what is that what you're asking? Areas
0: of growth are
1: that uh, I would say that uh, a big area of growth that, that we need to continue to see is how we reach our, young, our next gen. Um, um, there are some churches that that um, they, they they quite frankly they um, they have not inserted uh, any kind of strategy of how to reach the next gen. And so, whereas we are way further down the road than we were, you know, it's still one of those things that is, it burdens my heart because um, you know this. In order to have legs to continue to stand, we're going to need that next gen. And then there are some churches that don't have anybody under fifty. And, and so we just need to pray for them. And uh, one of the reasons why it was I thought it was great, thank you, by the way, of introducing my wife. Uh, Chrissy has, has gone around to churches around the country, and she has actually instituted how do you start a children's ministry. Now, you've already done that here because you have forward-thinking pastors. How do you start a children's ministry uh, when you don't have money to do it, you know, to have faith to do it? Um, or how, how do you start a student ministry? Or how do you start, you know, a, a whatever kind of ministry that's there? But that is a huge burden on my heart. Um, and, and, and that's probably the biggest one, you know, that, that, that I see. And then there are some churches that, that again, you do this. <laughs> this is why I love coming to this church. Um, they have yet to be able to see how important it is for them to reach people outside the church. And all of us, what happens with evangelicals is that we all love each other so much we forget the fact of why we're here. We're, we're supposed to be what the salt and the lights. And and um, and so there are people out there who need Jesus desperately. And 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 if, and if we can just begin to get passion again one more time, you know, we remember the time when we became Christians. That God would ignite our hearts to start looking for the people, even if there's the, the your grandkids, or 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 your or, or your neighbor, or somebody you work with, and start sharing the gospel, inviting them to church. When, when Pastor Dave does a series that you know could be a life changing series for them on on marriage, you know, or purpose, or whatever. If we can start doing that, turning our audience into a, uh, an, uh, excuse, our audience into an army, uh, um, and start reaching people, even one on one, and start looking beyond our doors start inviting them this church is going to be around for another couple hundred years until jesus comes back now if this church is still around after jesus comes back then we got some problems you know what i mean but but yay but you know it's amazing to see the spark that's already started here and so um those are just a few things
0: well thank you so much uh for coming jason and um you know, I want to encourage all of you. And this is how we could help Jason. He was saying, how do we reach the next generation? And um, that's you guys right here. You know, you have the life experience. And so many people said, well, you know, Pastor Dave, you know, I, I made so many mistakes in my life. I don't know what to tell these young people how to live their lives. Well, at least you could be an example of what not to do. You know, and that's what I do sometimes, too, right? You know, I tell them, well, okay, this is what I did. Don't do it. Okay, don't do it. You know, and this is what I've learned. And so our young people are just, they, they have such a desire to be mentored. Because right now there's so much information out there on the uh, Internet and all of that. You know, when they are coming to life experience, that's where they're going. You know, and a lot of these people giving them advice, they probably don't even know. They may be a Facebook friend or whatnot, but they need this one-on-one relationship. And, you know, as Jason said, if we could have the heart of the Great Commission... You know, and see, this is what we're trying to do this whole year as we're going to go through the Sermon of the Mount to kind of reorient our thinking about our faith. That our faith isn't all about accepting Jesus, having our sins forgiven and going to heaven. Because like I said earlier, all we're doing is we're celebrating crossing the starting line. You know, like in a marathon, you start maybe way back and then it'd be ridiculous if you reached the starting line and you started celebrating. But see, that's what we're doing when we just celebrate, you know, our, um, per, you know, our induction into the faith, where God has called each one of us to be the salt in the life. And I'm really looking forward to this whole year-long series where we reorient and we find our purpose as disciples of Jesus Christ. And I want to thank you so much, Mission Valley, for. Um, you know, all the things Jason says about me, I just deflected back to you and God. Because I said, you know what, I didn't do it. You know, Chet did it. You know, Mako did it. Kiki did it. You guys did it. And, you know, I brag about you guys all the time. I don't know how many pastors just send them unsolicited reports. But I always do that to Jason. Guess what happened at Mission Valley? Da, 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 da. So I'm always sending him reports. I'm sending him links to our videos. Um, and pictures, and so I'm just so proud of you, and it's just such a privilege to be your um, pastor, and I just wanted you to hear that from our superintendent, too, because he's always talking about uh, Mission Valley and what the Spirit is doing, so I know he's excited about what's going on here and how we could continue to be a force and um, helping people People move closer to Christ. So with that, would you um, please join me in a word of prayer as I close this time? Uh, Gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for Jason. And uh, Lord, I know that um, Superintendent Galton got us to where we were, and I've seen um, Superintendent Jason just taking us to the next level. I thank you so much for his passion, his heart for the people in the conference, not just the pastors, Father, but for all who call the PCJC their home. And Father, I pray that each one of us Father, that your Holy Spirit would motivate us to encourage us to live out, you know, the vision, Father, that you've placed in his heart. Father, to develop leaders, to church plant, to recalibrate existing churches. And Father, I thank you so much that, you know, we're seeing that happen. And most importantly, to reach the next gen. And Father, I know that there are people here Um, who you have called or you see the potential to reach that next gen. And Father, that's what we need here at Mission Valley. We need people that are willing to invest in the lives of our youth, our children. Um, our college age and our single young adults. And so, Father, I pray that your spirit would work mightily among our people, that you would take away any spirit of fear or timidity to let them know that, yes, you know our background, you know our mistakes that we've made, but that does not disqualify us from serving you. For, Father, you promise that all you cause all things to work together for good. And so, Father, if our mistakes could help a young person avoid the same mistakes that we made, Father, I, I pray that that happen. And once again, I pray for our conference, Lord. And it's so exciting to see the force that we've been coming. Lord, we're not just a church, we're a movement. And so, Lord, I pray this movement continues to spread throughout the San Gabriel Valley, Orange County, L.A. County, and beyond our walls, and that it would extend, Father, internationally. And so thank you so much for... Uh, bringing Jason and Christy to us. And Lord, we ask that you continue to protect them from the enemy. Father, that you would continue to encourage them, Lord. I know it's not an easy job, but Father, that you would allow them to lead us in areas that not are easy, but in areas that we need to go. And so once again, we thank you so much for their lives. And ask that you would continue to bless them as well as their families. In your son's name we pray. Amen.